totally, totally possible. If you want to do it, if you believe in it and you come at it through a place of authenticity Mm -hmm. and purpose, you can do it no matter what kind of content it is. Mm -hmm. Um, If you just have that core foundation, you're good. You're golden. Hey guys, welcome to Dreamers That Do, a podcast all about artists and their creative careers. I'm Micah. And I'm Micaiah. And every week, we talk about taking risks, creative confidence, and our all-time favorite superheroes. (laughs) So sit back and enjoy today's episode, brought to you by Of Noble. Hey friends, Micaiah here, and I'm so excited for you to hear today's conversation. But before we jump in, I want to give a special thank you to one of our amazing Dreamers That Do sponsors, Kaylin Juliana Photo and Film. Some of you may know this because Micah and I have shared a little bit about it on Instagram stories, but we got married really young. In fact, Micah turned 21 years old two days before our wedding, and I was just 22. And one of our biggest dreams ever is to redo our wedding day. And I know that sounds crazy. I don't even think I've heard anyone else say that before, but we got married so young. We were just so excited to start our lives together that we didn't spend a lot of time actually thinking about the wedding day. So one of the biggest mistakes we made was not having a wedding photographer. And I know in 2018, in the age of Instagram, that probably sounds ridiculous to you, but It's completely what happened. I maybe have like 10 printout photos that family members took that are super blurry and it's kind of sweet because it totally represents the day. But looking back, it's probably our biggest regret of our wedding. So when we finally redo our wedding day, it's really important for us to have photos that really resemble us and that document our love story. And that's why we love Kaylin Juliana so much. Kaylin focuses less on posing you in this super cool, trendy way and focuses more on just documenting your genuine love story. So if you are getting married or know someone that is, connect with Kaylin Juliana. She has this amazing deal going on right now where she will give you engagement photos, wedding photos, and a beautiful wedding film for 10% off. Just head over to her Instagram at Kaylin Juliana or go to her website at kaylinjuliana.com and message her there. And for those of you amazing people that are not getting married in this season, but still want some beautiful pictures to document your life, Kaylin is also offering our listeners 10% off of portrait sessions. So as always, I will link to our amazing show sponsors on dreamersatdo.com under our show notes, in the iTunes description box, and somewhere on Instagram. So without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to Dreamers That Do. Makaya here with Amanda Allison, who is a three-time Dreamers That Do podcast guest, which apparently is a thing. So Amanda has today officially been on the podcast more than anyone else. Yes. <laughs> Setting a record here. Seriously. <laughs> 
So for people that maybe didn't listen to the last two episodes you were featured in, can you just introduce yourself and the amazing work you do? Yeah. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Amanda and um, I recently kind of rebranded myself as a creative entrepreneur. (laughs) Sweet. Um, I feel like that's um, a trending word right now or Mm -hmm. trending words, Um, but they make total sense. So yeah, I am a YouTuber, I'm a blogger, and then uh, the co-founder of the Fresno Women's Summit. So I specialize in posting about life and style with sprinkles of self-acceptance. And then with the summit, we specialize in empowering creative women locally and creating community here in the Central Valley. Yeah, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Which you've totally done. I like created community here amongst women. Um Kat, who is on the podcast, and her podcast episode released today. I love Kat. She's so infectious, but yeah, we just ended up talking about you. I feel like a lot of women in the creative community, we end up talking about you and Natalie and the Fresno Women's Summit and how it's just brought us closer together. I love that. Thank you so much. That is our goal. Our goal is to really lift up each other here in the Valley Um, so often. And I think we've talked about this before, but so often... The Central Valley is overlooked for events and yeah. and so many really cool creative things. And now that this creative industry is just booming here, mm-hmm. we really want to do our part to bring people together, especially women. So that makes us so happy when, when we hear that this person and this other person met at the summit and now they're yeah. working on something or they became really great friends. We're like, that. that's what it's all about. And it's so, it's like, it makes me cry because it's just so beautiful. It, it was a part of our dream. And so to help other people also achieve their dreams in any way, shape, or form is like the best reward from the summit. That's so cool. I, I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. You just come up all the time. In the Yay. Time, so really That makes grateful. me feel special. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys too. I think your guys' podcast, which you know I'm like the biggest fan of, um, I think really does a great job at bringing together creatives here in the Valley and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, giving us a voice and a platform and connection because I wouldn't have met like half the people that I know um, without you guys. So it's really cool. Yes. I think we're all just doing our best to lift and build each other up and yeah. make awesome things happen. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump in to the practical stuff because you've, okay. just, you've just really been an incredible resource specifically mm-hmm. for the Valley, but just in general mm-hmm. on how to make a living being an influencer and how to do that well in a positive way, like how to create really positive relationships with brands. And so we're just going to dive in. Can you talk about a few of the amazing brands that you've had the privilege of working with? Yeah. So right now I'm working on something with Maurice's, the clothing company. Yeah. And, um, it's really been really cool working with them on some stuff for Instagram because they wanted me to talk about being an entrepreneur. So I got to craft some photos and some captions around that life Mm -hmm. and not really dive too deep into it, but just like enough to share, um, like the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been really cool working with them. Um, Catherine's has been another fashion company that I've worked with the last couple years on brand trips. Mm -hmm. So they've taken us to, Portland and where else did we go oh gosh oh Sonoma County wow so that was really cool like they treated us to this basically week-long trip and we got to 
explore the cities, explore the areas, mm-hmm. um, wear their products, post about that, but mm-hmm. make it more of like a lifestyle kind of feature. So that was really cool. Um, who else? Can I look at my Instagram real yeah, quick? Go for it. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, duh. Most recently, Whole Foods. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to Kat if yes. you're listening. Um, yeah, so we we met through the summit. Mm-hmm. So Whole Foods Fresno catered our food for the summit, the last one. And Kat and I just hit it off. I knew from the first moment that I saw her on Instagram stories mm-hmm. that I was like, that's my girl. <laughs> I could just tell. So we met through there. And in January, she hit me up and she said, hey, I'm working on a brunch to help promote the Whole Foods beauty section. Do you want to come on, help me host it, help me plan it? And I was like, yes, (laughs) this is such a dream that I've had for so long. So yeah, let's do this. Mm -hmm. So we have this beautiful spring brunch with all of these like vegan, gluten-free donuts and cakes and like pastas and beauty products. And we had, uh, you know, some local influencers, YouTubers and bloggers that focus in beauty or fashion or lifestyle come in and just partake in the festivities. It was so cool. And I I also want to add, those photos were magical. Oh my God, weren't they so good? It was like every little detail from that event. Yeah. It was just like... Yeah, it was perfect. It was so perfect. Oh, and Torrid. I'm like going on and on. (laughs) But Torrid has been really cool too. Did you do something with Jesse? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what made me think of that because a couple years ago, we did a photo shoot for a holiday campaign. And me and my best friend, Jesse, we got dolled up. We went to their headquarters in SoCal. We did a photo shoot and they shared all of it on social. And That's an insane opportunity. It was, <laughs> like it was so cool. <laughs> it was um, a full circle moment, you know, because Torrid was one of the first two stores that I could ever shop at that was just dedicated to plus sizes. Mm-hmm. I remember walking into my first Torrid and... I had to ask one of the sales associates. I was like, oh, so do you have anything in, I don't know, 1X or whatever? Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, everything in here is that size. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I can try on everything in here? <laughs> and I was with my mom and my mind was just like blown away. I was 19. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. So yeah. they are one of the first like in-store shopping experiences, positive in-store shopping experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. So to, to come back to them but actually like model for them and be at their headquarters and all that stuff was just beyond, beyond like comprehension. Mm -hmm. Definitely a full circle moment for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been fun. Can you remember your first brand partnership? Oh my God. Yeah. What was that experience like? The reaching out, who was the brand? Can you talk about it a little bit? Okay. So this is super old school. This is probably going back 2009 and this is when I just had a blog Mm -hmm. and it was caress the skincare company yeah and they just said hey we love your blog we want to send you some body wash will you post about it in exchange and I was like yes I would love to (laughs) so it was just for free product but I was like wow that's so cool this company found me and they want to send me something and yes. I'm gonna test it out and I'm gonna write about it and yeah so it was just for some body wash and it was really great body wash <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly after that um this jewelry company reached out to me and they wanted me to promote this one necklace that was featured on sex in the city what 
So I was like, yes, please, because I love and live for Sex in the City. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, wow. And they paid me $50. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. Yes. And um, then like slowly but surely, I started doing more brand partnerships yeah. um, with different forms of compensation. Uh-huh. But yeah, so that was like 2009-ish. When did you start? Probably, I guess maybe a year into starting my blog is when I started slowly working with companies. Yeah. And then it's just kept happening here and there mm-hmm. um, since then. That's exciting. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> so this is a question that I hear a lot of people ask. Mm-hmm. How many followers do you feel like someone needs to have before they can reach out or work with a brand? Or do you mm. feel like that's important at all? Well, I will say now brands are gravitating towards micro-influencers or micro-bloggers. So um, I think people, some people define it differently, but I know, I guess the general definition is someone with like a 1,000 to 100,000 followers, mm-hmm. either on any platform or combined. Um, but with that said, I think if you have 500 followers... And every single one of those followers is showing up for you just as much as you're showing up for them. Mm-hmm. Then it's not, it's not too early to reach out to a brand because ultimately brands are looking at engagement mm-hmm. and your community. How are you guys interacting? Are they commenting and liking and sharing your content? Um, that's what's most valuable to them. That's why they want to work with micro influencers because they have a more engaged audience than someone with a million followers or something. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think there's this set number. Mm -hmm. I think if you have great content, if you have an engaged audience and a wonderful community, then you have a shot. That's awesome. That's what (laughs) I've found too, even listening to other people's stories, is the engagement is really important. Yes. Yeah. I think engagement along with authenticity is key. Has there ever been a point in time where you were intimidated to reach out to a brand, but you reached out anyways? Yes, especially with the Fresno Women's Summit. (laughs) Reaching out to these big time sponsors, I felt so intimidated because a lot of them didn't know who I was or who Natalie, my co-founder, was or Mm. the summit. Yeah. Um, So that was really intimidating, intimidating because we were putting ourselves at risk, but without risk there is no reward so we were like okay we're just gonna give it a shot so we crafted our press kit we crafted our website and we just backed up our pitch with a whole bunch of great content to share and prove to them you know that we really have something special and we want you to be a part of it so i think more than any other pitch i've ever made pitching for the summit has been the most intimidating (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like I'm treating it like my baby and I don't want my baby to get hurt. <laughs> and rejected. Yeah. yeah, and rejected. I feel like being an entrepreneur, being an influencer, blogger, what have you, is all about rejection. And how do you deal with that? And how do you get back up from that mm-hmm. and keep it pushing, keep grinding? Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely feeling intimidated with some pitches with the summit. Are you glad that you did pitch anyways? Yes, yes, definitely because... It opened doors, it closed some doors, mm-hmm. but we really um, made some great connections and relationships with brands. So going into the whole pitch experience, can you talk a little bit about the press kit and 
what that is and why that's super helpful. Yeah, so a press kit is basically a resume. Some people call it a media kit, Mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty much a resume. So who you are, what you do, your contact info, analytics, statistics Mm -hmm. of your audience, your demo, examples of work you've done, photos, if you can incorporate a video in there. That's really high tech and very cool. (laughs) (laughs) I just do photos. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like a one to two page uh, PDF mm-hmm. and it just kind of summarizes who you are and the strength of your content. Mm-hmm. So just think of it as like a really creative resume, mm-hmm. you know, throw a few photos on there. Um, one thing that's on my media kit are the types of posts that do really well. Mm-hmm. Just to give an example of the kind of content that I could do for a brand or a fellow creator. Yeah. So yeah, just a quick one to two page this is who I am this is what I do these are my values and this is the type of content that I produce I think it's really important to have that when you're pitching a brand and it shows that you've taken time out to study your audience Mm -hmm. and to really try to learn okay this is what they love and this is maybe what hasn't worked yeah but that's yeah so like one thing on my media kit is the demographic for my YouTube audience Mm -hmm. so it has their ages their location, ethnicity, views, and watch time. Mm. If you can include that in your media kit for your most most important platform mm-hmm. or like your home base, mm-hmm. that would be really crucial. That's awesome. So that is a very clear picture of like mm-hmm. what you're creating. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like if you type in media kit, people can see oh, different yeah. kinds of examples, how people lay them out. Totally. Mm-hmm. If you look up Media kit, press kit, blogger media kit. Mm-hmm. You can even buy pre-made templates on, like on Etsy. Etsy. Yeah. And you can design your own on Canva. I love Canva. C-A-N-V-A dot com. You would use Canva for a media kit. Oh, yeah. And I'm How totally using them to make my, my new media kit. Wow. So if you just sign up and you go to find templates or something like that, mm-hmm. you can search media kit and a whole bunch will pop up. And then you can filter it by colors or by industry it's so cool. That's crazy because I thought Canva was mainly just for like like little Insta story pics or little oh, Instagram graphics. Like it's I didn't so know much more than that. They went into actual. Well, that's what Adobe InDesign is for. They okay. are stealing Adobe InDesign. <laughs> oh well, didn't know that. Yay. No, but now I'm, now I'm like rethinking. I'm like, okay, you should, and it's free. Canva. It's that's free. Cool. And they do charge. Um, what is it? Like if you want to use a special picture. Yeah. Something more than generic. Yeah. They'll charge like a dollar or something like that. But you can do anything. Business cards, media kit, flyers, Insta stories, YouTube thumbnails, and so on. It's really great. And they have an app too, so you can do it on your phone or your iPad or something. Yeah. But yeah, definitely investing your time into your analytics, your Mm -hmm. stats, Mm -hmm. and putting that all into a pretty cool media kit Mm -hmm. will help you out so so much because just think about it would you go to a work interview or would you apply for a job without a resume no no (laughs) so definitely don't pitch a brand without a media kit and even if you don't have one Mm -hmm. but if you include all those stats in the body of the email then that's cool too Mm -hmm. as long as you're giving them this really great info about who you are and what you do yeah They'll, they'll see the value in it for sure. 
So if I'm going to pitch a brand and I have my media kit, I've done research on that and I have it updated. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. Definitely keep it updated. Keep it updated. <laughs> I'm sending it to someone. I'm sending it to Olay because mm-hmm. Amanda worked with them and now I'm like, okay, I wonder yeah. if I could do something with Olay. I'm like messaging them. What do I include in the email or the message? Or oh. do I email? Do I Instagram DM? Do I Facebook message? Like, what does it look like? To begin that positive relationship. So definitely email. Okay. If you have to DM or Facebook message, make it short and sweet and just ask for the email of someone in charge of sponsorship, sponsorship, <laughs> sponsorships, <laughs> brand partnerships, or the community manager. Okay. So if you're going to DM or Facebook message, just say, hey, my name is so-and-so. Um, I would really love to work with you guys may have the email of your community manager. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then if you email them, the body of the email is so important. So it's really short and sweet to the point, but still like packs a punch. Mm. So you're starting off with like, Hey, I'm Akaya. I'm from Fresno. I have this really great podcast called dreamers that do. I love Olay. I've been using your products since I was 13 years old. I was going to say three years old. <laughs> sure, even better. <laughs> really long time. You know, and I maybe even throw in like, oh, I love the post that Amanda did yeah. for your brand uh-huh. back in November. Yeah. She made me go out and buy the cleanser or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, make it like really specific. precise, really yeah. specific because they want to see that you've invested that time, that research. Yeah. Um, into them Mm -hmm. and then you can go in and say so I have this really great idea to give them details but not too many details Mm -hmm. because I have heard that some brands will actually take that idea and then use it with somebody else oh wow so you want to be specific but don't give them all the tea yeah just give them like a little dollop (laughs) (laughs) so you know I have this really great idea of collaborating on a post about xyz Uh uh-huh I hope that we can work together. I've attached my media kit. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. So, and it definitely, if they can read that all without scrolling to read more, even better. But it's I know that's, great tip. <laughs> I know that can be difficult to do, especially if it's yeah. a brand that you've never worked with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just short, sweet, precise, mm-hmm. include the media kit for sure. Okay. Yeah. And just to get more specific about uh-huh. this, how many sentences would you spend on the idea? Maybe like two or three. Two or three and then... Like a paragraph? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. Two or three. Enough to give them the idea without getting into the nitty gritty of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a really great visual. So if I'm contacting them on social media, <clears> it's <throat> just to get a connection. Like yeah, totally. Who did, who's in charge of this I'd love to send an idea yeah then you're emailing the idea mm-hmm. from your most professional email attaching your updated media kit and then you're using that format of yeah hi this is me I, this is why I love your brand here's the idea hope we can work together totally okay. done, done. <laughs> so I, and I would definitely nice. recommend doing the pitching through email yeah um, better tracking system. There's proof of everything. Mm. It's all in one spot mm-hmm. as opposed to a, an Instagram message or a Facebook message where everything can still be in one spot, but 
I don't know. It just, it definitely just seems a lot more concise and neat to do it through email. email. Yeah. Yeah. What does it look like before you send the pitch? Like say if you're Mm going to, if I'm going to pitch Olay in um, April and I want to work with them, you know, in the future, but I'm pitching them in April. Should I spend any time before that kind of, how do you say this? I'm like thinking about it in a romantic <laughs> term. Like flirting or like oh, watching okay. their Insta stories, um, making sure I'm DMing them every time they they do an Insta story I love. Yeah. Like should you spend time familiarizing yourself and making yourself like a name in their kind of planet? Yes. In their realm of existence? I totally get it. Most definitely. Okay. Yes. You want to engage with the brand as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's once a day or a few times a week or something like that. You see mm-hmm. their posts pop up in your Instagram feed. Double tap, yeah. leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Um, comments are definitely more visible than yeah. a, a like. Mm-hmm. Um, watch their Insta story, share their content, and just interact with them. Mm-hmm. So that way they see that you are engaged and that you are a fan of what they're doing, their products, and so on, their message. And they will appreciate that and they'll respect that. And you can use that to add to your pitch. Not necessarily saying in your pitch, like, I like, I literally like everything that you do. But <laughs> I I think, um, like, I keep up with you guys on Instagram every day. Mm-hmm. Or I have notifications for every post that you mm-hmm. share. Something like that. Yeah. But I think it's definitely important to be in, as engaged with them as you are as engaged with your own community. Mm-hmm. And it's never too early or too late. So if this idea just popped up in your head mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, I need to get this done tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. then just start engaging with them immediately. You know, go back, like a few posts from way back when, but don't be that creepy Instagram dude that's like liking every single <laughs> post from last year. <laughs> but you know, just a sprinkle I'm here and there. <laughs> They're all from the same person. It's all from Billy. <laughs> Damn it, Billy. Billy's really weird. <laughs> but the sooner that you can engage and Before the pitch, the Yeah. And always make sure that it's genuine too. Yeah. Don't just leave like a random disheartening comment, you know? Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's really genuine and and thoughtful, even if it is just a few emojis, you know, make sure those emojis are appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I have learned too in like, cause a couple weeks ago, that was our one year mark for Dreamers at Two. Yay! And the genuineness goes such a long way mm-hmm. when you're a genuine fan of someone else's work, whether they're, they have this amazing brand or whatever it is they do, people yeah. love working with you mm-hmm. because they know that you're like, you just genuinely love their brand Yeah, and you're not trying to get as much out of them as you can or something like that. And that's what it comes down to. You want to work with brands that you love and appreciate and you see a potential there for a relationship or just some really cool content. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that you are working with people that align with your values and your message, your your content. I think mm-hmm. that is number one for mm-hmm. sure. And on that topic, one last like little technical question. Yeah. If I'm pitching in May, mm. what am I think like how many months in advance <clears throat> should I pitch an idea before it actually, you know, has to be completed by? Oh, good question. So an important thing to remember is that 
a lot of big brands have their marketing budget, their influencer budget planned out like months, if not a year in advance. Mm. So if you have an idea for September and it's May, you better pitch them in May because <laughs> you want to give them time to see the pitch, think about the pitch, and also a lot that money or that product for their budget or your content. Yeah. Um, you want to give them as much time as possible to get everything on their end in order. Okay. Um, especially if you are thinking about monetary compensation. Mm-hmm. So I would say at least pitch a season ahead. A season. So if you want to do some fall content, pitch um, late spring. Late spring. Early summer. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So at least a season ahead. So that gives us a really well-rounded idea of mm-hmm. like what to expect going into a brand pitch and how to start off on the right foot. Yeah. Hey friends, Makai here with a brief interruption. It's a rainy Saturday morning here in Fresno, California, about 7.25 a.m., and I'm about to step out the door for a morning yoga class. Now, for those of you who have been following Dreamers That Do for a long time, you know how big of a deal this is. I've had a really hard time making something like physical fitness a regular part of my week, but it's been about two months now since I've been going to Old Town Yoga in Clovis, and you guys... I cannot stop raving about Old Town to all of my friends and family. And I know I'm late on the bandwagon. I know everyone and their mom and grandma has tried yoga and I just started it this year. So please excuse me if you already know about how amazing yoga is. But you guys, I can honestly say that over the past two months, I've been so positively impacted. I've had more drive and motivation for the things that I love. My personal relationships are healthier. I have less expectation of other people to make me happy. And I feel more in control of just my own happiness and joy. And to top it off, yesterday I put on a sweater that I haven't been able to wear in like a year. And it completely fits. And so that's a huge deal, you guys. From a girl who was working 85 to 100 hours a week to now going to yoga regularly, slowing down and savoring life more, yoga is really changing the game for me. So I want to say a special thank you to Old Town Yoga and Clovis for having such a positive impact on Micah and myself, and also for being an incredible Dreamers That Do podcast sponsor. So if you guys have been curious about yoga or looking for a welcoming studio to practice in, come on out to Old Town Yoga. We have a 10% discount code for you guys for any unlimited membership. So that means whether you're purchasing the three-month membership, the six-month, or the one-year Every single month, you're getting 10% knocked off of your membership price. And I think that's so amazing because Old Town Yoga is already about $20 to $30 cheaper than most studios in the area. So I'm so grateful that they would discount their price even more for you guys. To get 10% off of your membership, go to oldtownyogastudio.com and just use the code DREAMERS at checkout. That's DREAMERS, all caps, and you are good to go. All right, guys, I'm going to head out to make my 8 a.m. yoga class, but I hope you're enjoying this conversation on today's podcast episode. So let's jump back in. So do you, like, I'm not sure how formal you get in your pitches. If it's mm-hmm. like an organic process of feeling out, I really love this brand. Here's this very specific idea to this brand. Mm-hmm. Or do you have like formats for types of pitches that you do? Like I have some oh. social pitches that I do that are generally like Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, 
But then I also have this other style of pitch that I do that's usually blog and YouTube paired. And it always changes based on the brand. But mm. do you have specific types of packages that seem to be more frequented with your brand partnerships? I do have some packages in my rate card. Mm. Um, a rate card is literally just like a one one sheet, kind of like a postcard. Yeah. And you just have all your rates listed on there. Okay. And you have your picture and your contact info. So... On my, my rate card, I have things a la carte. So this uh, is how much it costs for an Instagram, a Facebook post, a Twitter post, mm-hmm. a blog post, a YouTube video. Yeah. And also here's like this social media only package mm. where it'll save you a little bit of money and I'll post across all of my social platforms. Or here's yeah. just the, the cost for my blog post or my YouTube video. Okay. And then also here's the cost for my YouTube video and social. You know, like <laughs> you just create all these packages. Okay. okay. <laughs> packages of value. One like one theme that I'm hearing in the brand pitch email and in the rate card is you mm-hmm. give you give some specifics, you know, some structure, but you leave a lot of freedom for the brand yes. to work with. So you're yeah. like, here is very specifically like the a la carte prices and a few of the packages mm-hmm. that I offer, like two or three packages. Mm-hmm. But if the idea calls for something different, there's total creative freedom for that. Yeah. But having that specific, concise thing can help a lot. Yes, it's important to be flexible and definitely give them and yourself some freedom to move around, mm-hmm. to adjust prices, to negotiate, mm-hmm. and to discuss and create content. Okay. That's one thing I've learned. Give yourself that room or like you say, the grace yeah. to to be flexible, to experiment, to discuss. Mm -hmm. And then you find like a really good common ground that's going to work for you and that brand. Mm. I think that's one thing I found when um, one of the first brands that we got to work with was Empowering Women Now. And Mm -hmm. that was like more of a collab than it was a brand partnership. But there was a pitch process to that. And I learned like, because I think it was my initial idea before doing this you have to be super specific. You have to have everything thought out for them mm-hmm. so that way they don't have, they have to do very little work. Mm-hmm. But then I learned like, oh, just start with something specific, but they actually like being involved. Like if yeah. someone wants to collab with you or partnership, they want to be involved. And so freedom is important. Like yes. that, that right balance of like, here's a specific idea that's, you know, thought through and it's mm-hmm. two to three sentences. And here are the rates very clearly spelled out. But I'm totally game if this evolves into something else. Like, this right. is just a good starting ground. Yeah. And that's definitely important to communicate. This is a great starting ground, but I'm really open to hearing any thoughts that you may have, mm-hmm. any other ideas. Yeah. Um, anything that can make this partnership, this collaboration, the best it can be. Yeah. It's definitely important to communicate that to fellow creators. Um, I feel like when you're pitching fellow creators, there is definitely this need to be more flexible and mm-hmm. even more open with your communication. Yeah. Because you're approaching them because you really love what they do and their message and their content. And you want to join forces to create something magical and awesome. Yeah. So it's important to have this open line of communication to, to bounce ideas off each other mm-hmm. and really make the best piece of work that you can together. Yeah. 
So definitely flexibility, freedom, mm-hmm. um, and going in, like you said, with like a specific idea, mm-hmm. but knowing that that could totally change. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. Cause maybe that was supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, or that maybe that's how it was meant to be. You just mm-hmm. didn't know it yet. You know? And what has your, your experience been like with that stuff? You're sending all the information over, you, you give an idea. Do you find that the idea often evolves a lot or just a little bit? It depends. I would say for the most part, it's probably stayed true to what I had in mind. Yeah. There is like one instance where I had this idea, the brand loved it, but they wanted to do a different spin on it. And I was like, okay, I think I can work with that. It's still aligning with who I am, with my content, with my values. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can make that work. And even then we still collaborated on how to refine it and make it Mm. my own. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say for the most part, I've been pretty fortunate in that it's kind of gone how I thought it would be in my head. Yeah. But that that can always change. And just like opening myself up to that change yes, is yeah. a really, really big step. Yeah. I feel like if you are an influencer, a creator and so on, definitely just being open to whatever may happen. <laughs> is really key <laughs> to your success and your sanity <laughs> and the negotiation process you're yeah about. so does that happen often the the back and forth negotiating on a it's price? happened for me more over the last year as i've pursued this full-time mm-hmm. because i have defined my my value mm-hmm. So, and when it comes to rates, I've learned to not only factor in like follower count or engagement rate, Mm -hmm. but also my, my hourly rate, like how much do I want to make an hour? Mm -hmm. Um, my equipment, Mm -hmm. like the breakdown of the cost, how, what equipment am I using? How long am I going to be using that equipment? Mm -hmm. Um, getting ready, traveling if necessary, Mm -hmm. even if it's like, across town or something but across town Fresno Clovis can be what 20 25 minutes depending on where you're at um so all these little factors have made their way into my rate Mm. and that's given me more courage and more strength to negotiate Mm -hmm. to knowing the the least that I can accept yeah you know because I've got to pay rent (laughs) I've got to pay the light bill, the internet, and so on. Yes. So, um, and one thing that I remember hearing from a blogger friend, she said that she charges at the very least the amount of her rent. I was like, wow. Wow. And she lives in New York City. So <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Wow. So, and that's, that's a good tip. You know, yeah. if you, if you know that your internet, internet bill is a hundred dollars every month yeah. and you're like. I want to use this income to support that. Yeah. Then I've got to charge at least a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So all those factors go into my rate, and they've really helped me negotiate. Here's the least that I can accept, and I have learned to negotiate high and then work my way down. Yeah. So that gives me some wiggle room. That also gives the brand some wiggle room as well. So would you say that? Uh, let's just throw random numbers out. Like, let's say someone's rent is seven twenty five, mm-hmm. eight hundred bucks. Let's say eight hundred okay. bucks. Um, like, okay, I want 
I want to do that, but I want to accept 800 at, at the very least. Mm. So are you saying like, let's start at 1k? And yeah, girl. <laughs> yes. Down and <laughs> they say yes to 1000. I'm going to take it. Then, <laughs> yes. You're like, all right, let's do this. Yes, I can easily figure <laughs> but, yeah. out how to spend that extra money. <laughs> if, you know, <laughs> if you know that your rent is 800 and you want to charge the amount of your rent, yeah. then it definitely like cushion an extra couple hundred or so yeah and then you still have like that 200 to play with mm-hmm. oh and also factor in taxes hello yeah <laughs> because as an independent contractor that brand is not paying taxes on your paycheck so you have to save 20 percent 30 percent i forgot what the exact rate in california should be but yeah. i do about 20 percent from every check put wow. that away in my savings account yeah. And then come tax time, Uncle Sam gets all his taxes. <laughs> That's an awesome tip. What are your thoughts behind working for trade and then working for like an actual check? Do you still do both? Um, is there a certain point in your career where you feel like you just need to make a pivot and no longer work for trade? What are you thinking with that? I definitely still do both. It just it depends on the content, the brand, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, a place for both of them, but I definitely do less than I've ever done before because this is less trade. Yeah. Less yeah. trade. Um, because this is my job as much as it doesn't seem like it because I love it and it's such a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, it never feels like work, but this is how I'm making my money. This, this is how I'm earning my living. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do less, but I still do it. I think, especially if it's like a brand spanking new brand Mm -hmm. or it's a really, really small indie brand, Mm -hmm. I'm totally down to share that product um, to spread awareness for them Mm -hmm. and create some really cool content. So it just depends. Yeah. And I think starting out, you can definitely do both. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess it just depends on where you're at. What is your your goal, your end goal, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I've learned, too, that by a lot of people doing work for free, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. just products, it makes it harder for influencers to get paid because they just think that everyone's going to do work for free free product. Mm -hmm. So finding that balance can be really tricky. But if you have a clear, concise idea of who you are, your content, your value, um, rates, and free product that you're willing to accept, Yeah. Um, I think you'll be all right. So another question on the practical end is contracts. I keep forgetting to bring this up, but how do you create a contract? Oh do you gosh. actually create a contract that you sign with a brand, or is it just all done through email where you're like, okay, sounds good, I said yes to this, we both said yes to the idea? How does that work? Oh man, contracts, that's like a whole other beast. <laughs> it's a whole other episode. It's crazy because as a, an entrepreneur, or as, I should say especially as a creative, as an influencer and so on, um, you have to be your own boss. You have to be your own accountant yeah. most times, your own lawyer. Uh-huh. So, and it's like all that stuff you... In my case, and I know in the case of a lot of my friends, mm-hmm. you learn as you go. You learn on yeah. your own. Um, so when it comes to contracts, 
I've kind of taken bits and pieces of what I've had in negotiation in negotiation with other brands mm-hmm. to form my own contracts. Yeah. Because um, they're all pretty much the same. Uh-huh. The only thing that's really changing is like the terms, mm-hmm. um, the brand itself. Um, but they all pretty much have like a similar format of there's this party and then there's this other party. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the assets. And for assets, it's um, what what's on the table as far as content goes. Mm-hmm. So it's like two Instagram posts or one podcast, mm-hmm. one YouTube video um, due by this date. And drafts are due by this date because sometimes yeah. brands want approval before you make everything live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also includes exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Some brands want exclusivity. So if they don't want you to uh, share content or mention other brands, competitive brands, mm-hmm. um, let's say a week before and a week after you post oh, your wow. content. So that might be included in there. And of yeah. course, it can be like maybe three days a week. Some one brand I work with, the exclusivity was for six months. Oh, wow. Um, and so that's also something you should factor into your rate. If I am not working with another brand like this for six months, then I need to make that up mm. through my costs with you. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, the terms, your assets, exclusivity, um, licensing or copyright ownership. Mm-hmm. Do they have the right to use this content forever? Yeah. Is the content owned by you or is it owned by them? What? Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what else? Payments. See, I thought a contract only had to, like, literally in my head. Oh, honey. I And I am giving you an ad, like three, four ad spots on mm-hmm. Dreamers of Do podcast. And this is how much that's worth. And you are Amanda and you are paying me. <laughs> End of contract. It can be like Do that though. Agree? It can be like that. Totally. Okay. Um, with a lot of the brands that I've worked with, it's, you know, a two, three page contract. Uh-huh. Um, wow. So in addition to what I just mentioned, it's also the payment. Okay. Um, so how much you're getting paid mm-hmm. and the form of payment and where that payment is being sent to, mm-hmm. like every little. So like payment in the amount of $1,000 USD yeah. uh-huh. uh, will be distributed by USPS to 1234 Cherry Lane, Fresno, California by this date or within 30 days or within 60 days. Wow. They make it so, so precise. <laughs> Okay, so there's no area <coughs> for confusion. You're like, yeah. oh no, this money is This is concrete, this. Yes. yes. And then um, when it comes to doing content, usually that last page of the contract is their necessities for mm-hmm. the content. Mm-hmm. Um, so like FTC guidelines must include hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored. Mm-hmm. Um, it must appear at the beginning or the end of the post. Okay. Um, See, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, beginning or end of the post. What's FTC? FTC, Federal Trade Commission. Okay. Question mark, communications. I think it's a 
Federal Trade Commission. I should know this. <laughs> so basically, if you're not doing that in your posts, you can be you can get in trouble. Okay. Yeah. So if you are being compensated in any way, shape, or form, whether the product is free, uh-huh. it's gifted, you are receiving payment, you have to disclose that information mm-hmm. either through hashtag ad, hashtag um, sponsored, hashtag gifted, mm-hmm. or I receive this product free from XYZ. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of brands are now requiring you to say the word partner mm-hmm. in your content mm-hmm. um, as another way of saying that this is like um, a relationship. Oh, okay. A sponsorship. Uh-huh. So, um, like for example, that the stuff that I'm working on with Maurice's right now. Yeah. I started out my caption with, I'm so honored to partner with Maurice's mm. on XYZ. Got it. I feel like um, that's really important to disclose that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing a sponsorship or a collaboration um, for YouTube or for a podcast, mm-hmm. it also needs to be disclosed verbally. So verbally as well as written. written. For the Instagram post or uh-huh. social media on the written part of it, are you saying that it, can it be said once in the Instagram caption or does it also need to be hashtagged? Does it always need to be hashtagged? Yes. Okay. And um, a lot of Instagrammers with like million plus yeah. or even like hundreds of thousands of followers now have the branded tagging tool on Instagram. Oh wow. So when they're in the on the back end when they're posting, there's an option where you can tag the brand and it'll appear where the location normally is. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be like dreamers that do podcasts and underneath that we'll say like paid partnership with Oh yeah. High top coffee before. or something yes. like that. Yeah. So it's very clear. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. But then in addition to that, you still have to include the hashtag. Okay. Just to cover your bases. Okay. So you're you're well-rounded everywhere. Um, and on Facebook, they have a branded tagging tool. I think that's what it's called. Wow. So all that goes into a contract. <laughs> now, would you recommend, <clears throat> even if it's for trade, always having a contract? Yes. Yes. Even if it's not extensive. Mm-hmm. There's still documentation that you two have agreed on something mm-hmm. and it's like set in stone. Yeah. So, yeah. And it doesn't have to be as crazy as like a three or four page contract, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just in an email or if it's on pen and paper, but you have all the terms laid out mm-hmm. and you sign it and they sign it. It's still, it's, it's an agreement. It's, it's binding. Okay. Um, and then another thing that I've noticed too in contracts is, they will put um, like cancellation clauses in clauses, there? yeah. Oh, okay. So if this content does not live up to the idea or the brand or your brand's uh-huh. expectations, you or me have the right to cancel it within X amount of hours or days. So having in the negotiation in the contract your terms, your assets exclusivity, payment, uh, cancellation. Mm. What's that? Five things. Mm-hmm. Signatures. Very <laughs> signatures. Um, and if you 
are working with the brand they're pay or with anyone and they're paying you mm-hmm. you need your w9 <laughs> oh is like oh really <laughs> so w9 okay. <laughs> um it just it gives that brand or that person um your info your social security number mm-hmm. for tax purposes for them okay um so that way they can file it and so on or if you have an ein i believe that's what it's yeah. called mm-hmm. right yes um you can give them that information too okay so having that sent to them is really important you're blowing the lid off on this because i have also listened to a lot of podcast episodes about mm-hmm. influencer stuff and there's stuff in here i'm like this is so specific i've never heard anyone say that yeah happy to share because <laughs> we we all need this info, whether we are pursuing this as a career or as a hobby, mm-hmm. a passion project, mm-hmm. all this stuff is important to know yeah. and necessary to protect yourself, to, to live out your passion, to work with people that align with your values. Mm-hmm. It's really great stuff. And I wish more people would share and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So another like, Related question, but a little bit away from the contracts. What about influencer networks? Is that something mm. that you would recommend people be a yeah, part of? Yeah, totally. I love influencer networks. They are great connectors between you mm-hmm. and a brand. Um, if you're afraid to pitch a brand or whatever the reason may be, they act as that buffer like the agent between the two um, and based on your content, based on your engagement, your numbers and so on, they, they match you up with other brands or the brands seek you out based on what they saw mm-hmm. on your profile through these networks. That's how I worked with Olay. Oh, wow. They found me through an influence, influencer network called Tap Influence. You've mentioned this before. Love them. Love them. And I've received some really great opportunities through them. Okay. Um, Tap Influence is one of my faves. What else is there? Um, The We All Grow Mm -hmm. Summit has their own platform to connect influencers and brands. Neat. Um, Social Blue Book, Refluence, Relio, Four Card... Oh my gosh, so many. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a list. I have a yes. whole uh, bookmark. <laughs> if you send me a list, I will put those yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, I'll send you All a list. All of this stuff listed out in the show notes. And affiliate affiliate programs too yeah. can also act as really great agents to connect you with brands. You can get opportunities that way. Mm-hmm. Magic links, pepper jam, reward style. And you can also create a, um, a media kit through their platforms like you can input oh. all your stats you can input examples of content you've created mm-hmm. so they're creating a media kit for you if you oh, will wow. um i think if anything i just it opens the door for more opportunities mm-hmm. i think the only downside would be if you collaborated with a brand that is not aligned with who you are, you know, going back to the whole passion, yeah. purpose driven marketing. Yeah. Um, so there's this one, I'm not going to say their name, but there's this one network 
they just send me emails all the time. Like this brand wants to work with you. This brand wants to connect with you. And I'm like, but that makes no sense. Like, no, I'm not. No, no, no. That's no. So I just have to decline. Uh, um, because it just, at the end of the day, it's not going to align with what I'm doing. Yeah. So I guess the only downside in that would be having to navigate your way through offers. Mm -hmm. But if you have that, that purpose, that passion focused, Mm -hmm. then you'll be all right. And also what I'm hearing in a lot of this is just start, just Just do it. It, The process is going to be refined, your mission, your values, your pitch, your negotiation, it'll all get better in time, but practice to just do it. Nothing is going to be perfect, like right from the jump. <laughs> and if you wait for it to be perfect, then you're probably never going to start. So just do it. <laughs> just start and you'll figure it out. And definitely make sure that you have friends, you have community that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can vent to, mm-hmm. that you can get feedback from to help you grow and refine your content and define your passion even more. So refine, repeat. In closing, because you just, there's so many gems throughout this whole episode. Are there any final tools or apps that you think influencers should be aware of or using? Oh gosh. I think more than anything, it's like finding that one platform that you want to focus on Mm -hmm. and utilizing that platform to the fullest. So for me, I'm really focused outside of my blog and my YouTube for social platforms. I'm really focused on Instagram right now. Yeah. So I am utilizing Instagram to its capacity. So I am posting um, consistently. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we talked about in the first podcast, but you define your own consistency. Mm -hmm. So whether that's once a week three times a month or whatever, Mm -hmm. just be consistent on the day, the time and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I utilize the hashtags. I utilize the geotag. I do my Insta stories. Mm -hmm. I do my lives. Yeah. And I've also started to incorporate more video into my feed. Mm -hmm. I was recently at the Instagram and Facebook offices in LA and they really want to see people utilize their video. Um, in posts in posts crazy they said that if you're looking to increase your reach your goal should be to land on your best friends friends explore page okay (laughs) and i was like what yeah but then it kind of made sense Uh uh-huh like you want to be able to reach your best friend on instagram but you want to reach their friends too so what are the tools, what are the tips that you can do to increase your reach, increase and build your community? Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me too. Going back to tools that you can use, this yeah. reminds me of Celine um, using analytics. Mm. So Google Analytics, the insights within Instagram or Facebook are very powerful. You know, they tell you ages, location the times of day that they're on that platform, Mm -hmm. how long they're on that platform. YouTube is really great at watch time. So how long is someone staying on your channel or staying on YouTube because they just saw one or two of your videos? Mm -hmm. Um, Using those analytics can help you pitch brands Mm -hmm. and 
refine your technique. Yeah. Or discover where you should be spending the most time. Yeah. Instead of trying to do every little thing. Yeah. Just pick one. Focus on your home base. Pick one. And you'll be all right. Yeah. I love that you're unpacking this because not everyone knows everything that goes into being an influencer. And you're talking about one very specific part of being an influencer, which yeah. is like the brand pitching and the brand relationships. Yeah. And that's not going into the content creation mm-hmm. and all the thought that you put into that and all the other work you do. So mm-hmm. I think it's very unveiling because it's like, yeah, it is going to take, if someone wants to be an influencer, it's going to take time. Yes. You're going to be journaling out. You're going to be paying attention to those analytics and mm-hmm. all those other apps. And mm-hmm. It is work. <laughs> because you've done it. Like, it's possible. It's going to take time and commitment and investment. Um, and time is definitely your biggest investment. But it's totally, totally possible. If you want to do it, if you believe in it, and you come at it through a place of authenticity mm-hmm. and purpose, you can do it. No matter what kind of content it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just have that core foundation, you're good. You're golden. Just just remember, it's going to take some work. Because like you said, it's not only this business side. It's also the content creation. It's building that community online and offline. Mm-hmm. It's traveling. Mm-hmm. It's going to events. Um, and it's also like, giving yourself time to recoup and step away some self-care yeah because there are days where i'm like i can't deal with the internet today yes me too so you know i'm just not gonna be on my phone Mm -hmm. or i'm just gonna keep it in the room that's so powerful i love that we're ending on this because yeah me too it involves a lot of social work like not social you know i don't know what to call it but it's very social i know i know what you're trying to say it involves a lot of FaceTime. Mm-hmm. It involves a lot of energy. And if you are, like myself, an extroverted introvert, Same here, yeah. right? It can be very draining. Yes. And you know your limits. Like, I'm only going to be out at this event for this amount of time. Yeah. Or I need this day to detach. Mm. Um, so it's really important to know, know who you are and just shape everything around that. So in closing then... Just what are your in general last thoughts to other aspiring influencers or influencers out there or amazing brands that are interested in influencers? Don't be afraid to connect. Ask for help. Mm. Um, build relationships with other people that are in the same industry as you or completely different industries because there is so much to learn from everybody. So... Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to take time off for yourself. Take care of yourself um, physically, mentally, spiritually, mm-hmm. all of that, right? <laughs> um, know your worth and know your value. Know your passion. Hey guys, hope you love today's talk. Remember, your art is valuable and so needed in the world today. So keep dream doing and don't forget to subscribe for weekly talks just like this.